All right. Well, good morning, everybody. So glad that you could join us again for another online service here at Impact Life Church. And I am with my amazing wife, Jamie. <laughs> it's so nice to actually have somebody in the room with you yeah. uh, while you're preaching rather than just a camera in you. It feels more intimate. It you're feels welcome. good. Just, it feels so nice. And before we get going into this, we just want to wish all you dads happy mm -hmm. Father's happy Day. Happy Father's Day to oh, you. Oh man, we, we love dads. Isn't, being a dad is amazing. I, mean, I don't you know. You don't but know. But you're an amazing dad. Being though. a dad is is amazing, <laughs> and uh, so we just want to wish all you all you fathers out there happy Father's Day. Thanks for leading your families in the ways of the Lord. Thank you for yeah. teaching, training your kids, leading your household to, to follow Jesus, especially in the days that we're living. And man, dads, you have a vital role to play. And so we just want to thank you, congratulate you, and just yeah. keep pushing Jesus forward in your family and in your own personal life. There's nothing greater. And uh, so yeah, we're just thrilled and honored that you could join us again this morning. Mm -hmm. And uh, today. You know, we're going to just, we wanted to take some time just to kind of take a bit of a time out. I mean, just to talk as pastors to you. Um, you know, this is, we're going to be talking again about the revival of the Bible yeah. that uh, has just been a phrase that's been rolling around so much on so the good. inside of us. And we just wanted to take another week just to talk a little bit about it because, of course, everybody knows the day and the age that we're living in. It's, it's wild out in the world. <laughs> it's crazy out in the world. And I mean, we already know that from the Word of God that, you know, Proverbs chapter four already tells us that. In the world, it gets darker and darker, but in the church, we get brighter and brighter. And so God's not moved by anything that's happening. He knew it was already going to take place. And so actually in the Bible, it says he sits in the heavens and he laughs. <laughs> and just taking time, I've been actually thinking about that scripture this past week, and it just brings me great joy because in the opportunities to get frustrated or go, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. The Lord sits in the heavens and he laughs because he knows the end result and uh, ultimately God wins, therefore we Absolutely. win. And yeah. so we're, again, so glad that you came. Um, if you got your Bibles, I would like you actually to turn with us. And I mean, we got so many notes here, so we're just trying to just be led of where we're going to go here. Uh, but if you go, on, on, you'll see it on the screen if you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning. That's totally fine. But if you have a Bible, I really encourage you to take a look at it. Uh, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 34 and before I read this verse to you, there are just some thoughts that came to me, and maybe you can you can add in your thoughts to this too, James. Is just uh, having wrong expectations in relationships, mm. um, like the dangerousness of that. Like that's a that's that can be bad. That can be bad. Have you ever had a wrong expectation in a relationship before? Well, I expected to get a back massage every single day when we got <laughs> married, but. But that hey, was a misplaced expectation. Here we are. <laughs> I should be paying Safari Spa and Salon for that. That should be. <laughs> yes. So dangerous between spouses, but even more dangerous in your relationship with the Lord. Absolutely. Right? And I think like, yeah, wrong expectations. I know like even in my own personal life, there's been people that I put expectations on what I expected to receive from them or that's something that I could give into them. And uh, one of the bad things that I've even experienced in my own life is just a wrong expectation in a personal relationship. Uh, what it happened, it ended up being, being frustrated, like, yeah. you know, being annoyed or being like, where, where are you in all this? And so there's some danger, dangerousness to this, if that's a word, I made it up. Uh, but the dangerous part of it is just, there's an unrealistic expectation. And one of the things that just came back to just this past week and really thinking today is just actually a wrong expectation of why Jesus came to this earth. Mm -hmm. If we have a wrong expectation about why Jesus came to this earth, we're gonna actually have a, you know, misunderstandings to really who he is now and what he's doing now. Yeah. Um, and so in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, I'm gonna read it to you from the Passion Bible. Uh, and Jesus, this is his words. So they're in red in most Bibles. In the Passion yeah. Bible, it just stands out a little darker. It says, Jesus says, Perhaps you think that I've come to spread peace and calm over the earth, but my coming will bring conflict and division, not peace. You know, other translations say, I came to bring a sword, not peace. 
Um, and so right, right off the bat, a wrong expectation as to why Jesus came to this earth. If I don't understand why he came, I'm going I'm to be left a little bit on the outside going, I don't, I don't quite get him. I don't understand what this whole thing is about. Or you already have an assumption of this is what he came that, Je you know, a lot of people have this idea of Jesus coming and basically walk around with peace symbols everywhere he went. No, actually Jesus came to bring division. Not necessarily in the wrong way that, you know, a lot of times that we think about it, but he came to bring truth. And anytime, <laughs> you got excited? That's good. It's just an amen. That's good. Uh, but he there's came to- There's real coffee. There's re <laughs> it's real coffee, yeah. <laughs> you know, he came to bring truth though. That's, that's why he came, mm -hmm. was to establish truth. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he said this, you know, Jesus in John chapter 18, verse 37, this is Jesus standing before Pontius Pilate. And Pilate asked him, so you are a king. And so Jesus responds to him. He said, I have come into this world to prove what truth really is. And everyone who loves the truth will receive my words. So a question that we have to ask ourselves is this, why did Jesus come? One of the reasons, I mean, there's a number of things that we can see, like Jesus came to seek and save those who were lost. Jesus came to on, on the Father's behalf, on the Father's will to take away the sins of mankind. Like you see that in scriptures, I came to do your will, O God, and you see the words of Jesus. But Jesus also said this, I came into this world to prove what truth really is. Yeah. And so right there is a dividing line. There's something that Jesus came to do. He came to bring truth. And then he went on to say, uh, what is this truth? He said, anyone who loves truth will receive my words. Yeah. And so his words ultimately are truth. And that's, that's what he's trying to explain to you and I. So this is the first, I really want to get that in our thinking as we continue on this morning, is that Jesus came to bring and establish truth. Exactly. He came to bring division. He came to bring change. He came to bring a sword. Like those aren't just, you know, peacemaker rules or, you know, again, some of the ideas that we have of Jesus is he's got like a big sheep under his arm and he just walks around and everything's all calm and everything's nice. No, he came to bring change. Because ultimately there's some dysfunction that was happening on this planet, which we all know, which was sin. And he came to deal with that. And the way you, way you deal with sin or dysfunction of any sort in society is truth. And Jesus came to that's bring right. and establish truth. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Yeah. And uh, we're just, we're thrilled. I'm so glad that I have my wife here. She's got some powerful things just to share with you. So why don't you go ahead and just share some things sure. that were on your heart for that? Well, you know what I've been doing a lot recently is I have just been spending time looking up in my Bible everywhere that it says the word truth. Because if there's ever been a day in my short 36 years on this earth, um, it's today that I just want to make sure that I'm centered and grounded on truth and that when I'm looking out there and going, wow, what's happening wow. out in the world, that I've got this anchor here, that I know where truth lies. And so I have, I've loved the word for years now, but man, I've, I've never oh, been so man. thankful for so it. So thankful right? for I've it. I've been so thankful because yeah. this is the truth. It's not just, oh, this is my truth and you have a truth. No, when you become a Christian, you find out God's word is his truth and is his will. And when you become a Christian and you say, you're my Lord and Savior, you're also saying, I'm going to line up my life to your truth. Yeah, reality, and the Lord yeah. is gracious yeah. to us. When you become so born again, when you become a Christian, he's not saying, well, you better know it all right now. I mean, we're always, always learning, mm -hmm. right? But it's so important, like you said, to stick with the truth. And I want to read you a couple of verses here that have been standing out to me. If you turn to John um, chapter 17, verse 17, and this is right in the middle of Jesus himself um, praying for his disciples and his future disciples, which is you and, and me, right? And it says in John 17, 17, 
Your word is truth. So make them holy by your truth. And holy just means to be set apart. So Jesus tells us right there, God's word is the truth. And that's how we can be set apart yep. in this day, right? Yep, is by us getting into the word. And that's what yeah. sets us apart as and believers. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure commanded, like even in Corinthians, the Holy Spirit through Paul constantly says, so come out from among them, be separate from among them. Yep. Be separate from who? Well, from the world, their ways of doing, their ways of thinking. And the only like what you're saying, the word is what separates us. So yeah. I just, like you said, I want to just echo that, like, thank God for his word. This word not only just shows us who God is, but it has the capability of setting us completely free from that old life that has no power to it, that's no life to it. Like, we're free from that yeah. because of his word. So I, I'm so thankful for yeah. that word. And I, I just want to encourage, if there's anyone listening who, you know, you've gotten into the word, and you may even be among other Christians and feel like, why does it feel like my beliefs and their beliefs are different? I mean, we're both Christians. I just want to encourage you, just stick with the word. You don't have to feel bad for saying, well, this is what the Bible says, right? You don't have to shrink back from nope. this. I think this is the day when we need to believe God for the boldness because yep. it is going to take boldness Absolutely. to continue to live by this yep. word. You bet. Can I read you another scripture yeah, about do. God's word being truth? Um, if you can turn to John chapter 8 in verse 31, we're going to read 31 and 32. I'm going to read it to you from the Passion Translation. And it says, um, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your lives. Or you may know other translations that say, you will know the truth and the truth will set you yep, free, right. right? I really like to look at it in order. Verse 31 came before verse 32, yeah. right? So in verse 31, it talks about basically if you abide or if you stay in my word, you'll be my disciples. And what happens if you stay in God's word? Yeah, like you'll what know happens truth. if you stay in the truth? If you stay in it. You'll know the truth yep. and the truth will set you free, yep. right? Yep. I think that's so powerful. It is. Um, and you know, if you look up the word truth in those verses, it's reality. Mm. Like that's the Greek word yeah. for that word truth yeah. is reality. Yeah, that's good. And when you think about um, like a, the day we're living in, you go, what's, what's true? Like what what's actual reality? Because I mean, you can look at media has their own bias, right? right. People have their own bias. Yeah. Um, but when you look at, well, I want to know like what's God's reality? It's his word. It's his word. Right? That, yeah, that's, that's his reality. His reality. And getting into that reality, like embracing it is the word the, pa the passion uses. If you embrace God's word, that means that you're going to take it and you're going to say, yeah. you know what? I believe this overall. Right. Right. And slowly you work that into your life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's truth. Exactly. That's how you live in truth and yeah. you stay in truth. Yeah. You bet. It's almost like a, it's the great, you know, just a switcheroo. Like yeah. I have a thought. Okay, but God has a different reality. What am I doing? I'm just basically going to exchange switch. It. Yeah, it's the great exchange. I'm just yeah. going to switch my thoughts for his thoughts because ultimately his leads to freedom. Absolutely. So and that, that's what I want in my life I'm, is... And I'm sure you do too. Yeah, I want like, more and more freedom. I want freedom. more and more freedom. And yeah. here's the thing, more and more freedom doesn't come from us just thinking however we thought or brought up. Freedom, and that's just like when you're saying that, this came to me, freedom comes from his reality. It does. And so no matter what your background is or where you're from, reality comes, or sorry, I should say freedom comes from God's reality only. And that's what we've even mentioned over these past weeks is God is no respecter of people. He gives yeah. his word to whosoever and whoever, like what Jamie just said, embraces that truth or that reality. What happens? They live a free life. That's yeah. that's so powerful. That's very true. Yeah, they go together.
So, you know, um, and just, you know, kind of tying it with some of those thoughts too, like you got to love truth. Like you have to come to the place. Do you love the truth mm-hmm. or, you know, what side of truth are you really on? If you love truth, then you're going to receive his words. Now, this is something that we got into. You know, I did a, a God talk with, with a friend of ours, Pastor Andreas from Numa, and he did a great job. It was just awesome kind of ch- chatting with him a little bit about some of these things. And you know what's so cool, I really I enjoyed, is the fact that uh, what the Lord's been talking to him about to speak with his church is very similar lane to what we are talking about at our church in re- regards to the revival of the Bible, getting back to the Word of God being our final authority and our truth. And uh, I want to just share just a little snippet of what we had talked about uh, in that. And one of the things we discussed was, you know, there's the truth, but then also what people use for that is the word, like, for example, there's the word relativism. And that simply just means that there is no such thing as an absolute truth, mm. right? This is your experience. Therefore, it's your truth, right? It's everybody it's has an relative. idea. It's all relative. It's based on where you came from, based on how you grew up, the culture you came from. So all of that is just relative. The second also was subjectivism. Am I saying that right? That's Subject- a big word. For it, it is a big word, and I, I did it. <laughs> but you know what it means. It's I do know what it means because I looked it up. Uh, but simply, that is just truth is subject to my feelings. Truth, now, it says whatever feels good to me must be true. If it's convenient for me, it's got to be true. And on the other end, if it makes me feel bad, it's not truth. Or if it's not convenient for me or my life, then it's not truth. So oh, that, wow. that understanding, relativism is one, and then subjectivism is another, which is very, di- which very different, very wrong. Because if it feels good to me, hey, go for it, right? And that's a lot of times we hear this culture. Man, if, if it feels good, Do go it. for it. It's a truth to you. But I want to challenge that because that's actually dangerous living. That's not the reality. Yeah, and you just said something really interesting there as well. I have our notes up here too. You said, if it's not convenient, then someone yeah. thinks it's not truth. Um, man, I hope that set someone free yeah. this morning as well because, you know, the, the truth corrects us in such a loving, gentle way. Yeah. So just because you're feeling um, maybe a tug on your heart to change a thought, mm. it doesn't mean it's not truth. That very well could be the spirit of truth yeah. who lives inside you as a Christian yeah. pulling on your heart to, hmm, you might want to correct. You might want to come yeah. over here a little bit, Absolutely. Right? And we know, like, the spirit of truth isn't just some kind of, it's the Holy Spirit. That's, mm-hmm. that's what he's doing. And you know, like, so his, if you love the truth, here's the thing, if you want truth, no matter what walk of life you come from, if you want the full truth, it's only found in God's word. So that's, again, for my own personal life, if I want to, like what Jamie just read in John chapter eight, if I want to live free, it's not by me praying for it. It's not by me just, oh, I hope that it could come to me someday. It's me going to his word because this is the only place I can find real truth. This is it. God's reality is true regardless of what anybody thinks, what anybody says about it, no matter what denomination you're from, no matter what country or background you have. God's word is the final truth that we have to come to, humble ourselves and say, Lord, I don't know this all. This is how I grew up. If it doesn't line up with your word, I'm willing to make that exchange. This is not a right thought that you have, that I have. I I give it and I'll take your thought. And in that place, that's where freedom lies. You know, Psalm 119 verse 130 in the New Living, it says, the teaching of your word gives light so even the simple can understand. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, this in 2 Corinthians chapter four, I don't remember the address of it, 
But it, Paul talking about it, anytime that somebody turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. The, the veil of not being able to see, that's what a veil is, is if I were to put a veil over Jamie right now, you'd be able to see her. But it's, be able to see out. Right, you wouldn't be able to see out. Well, what the word of God is, is the moment that you turn to the word, no matter what the situation or the crisis may be in your life, or if it's a national, international, regardless of the crisis, anybody that turns to the word of God, it says the teaching of your word, it brings light. And when there's light, there's revelation. When there's light, light, when you're in light, you see more light. So the moment that we turn to the word of God, and I want to encourage everybody that's watching, the social media, the new stuff that we're seeing going in the crazy world today, they're not giving light the way that the word of God is. Unless somebody's preaching this word, it's not the full light. So we have got to get our eyes on what the word of God says so that we can see light. We can actually see what's taking place because that's the only way we can discern the times that we're living in. Yes. And I mean, as we go forward, we'll talk about that because it's vital for you and I as believers, as Christians, that we understand what's happening in the world today, not just through what everybody's saying out here, but from the word of God. Yeah. What is God saying? What is he speaking? What is the what is the prophetic vision that God is declaring to us today? Because the moment we get a word from him, okay, I see it and I hold on to that regardless of what anybody else thinks. Yeah. Even if everybody thinks that God's reality is messed up, I'm going to stick with him. Always be on God's side. Always be on God's Always side. Always be on God's Absolutely. side. Absolutely. Well, so, that's a good lead into really why yeah. we need truth more than ever right. in these days. And we've really been camping out in <laughs> 2 Timothy 3. Um yeah. You know, honestly, I encourage you this week, read 2 Timothy chapter 2, 3, and 4. Yep. Um, yeah. Because, man, you're going to read those verses, and I just get so, I get pumped up yeah. <laughs> as I'm reading them. And I want to read a few of those right now. So, again, if you have your Bible with you, go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I just want to read a couple of verses. going to start with verse 1 and 2 right now. And in the Passion, it says, But you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. People will be self-centered lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. I believe you've probably Mm -hmm. seen some of that even with your own eyes um, in the days that we're living in, right? In these days, it's going to become fierce and difficult for the people of God. Yep. Verse 5 goes on and says that there's people there that pretend to have a respect for God, yeah. that, that may even hold up the Bible and pretend to have a respect for it, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Mm. Again, if we're living in these times, how important it is for us to understand the role of truth yeah. during this time, you bet. right? And yeah. I want to go, I want to keep going in that chapter. That was verse one and two and five. But if you skip down to verse 13, again, in the passion, it says, but the evil men and sorcerers will progress from bad to worse. Listen to this deceived. They're deceived. And so what do they do? Deceiving. They deceive people as they lead people farther and farther from what? The from truth, the truth, which right? Is the word. There are people yeah. out there that are deceived yeah. and they stand up and say, this is the truth, right. but really they're deceived. Yeah. And so when people follow them, they're leading them further and further mm-hmm. away from the truth, Can right? You, just before you read that next verse, like one of the things we talked about even in relativism, relativism truth, is that like even so it may look good for a little while, but the moment that you get off even a little bit from what the truth is, like let's say this is truth, and it sounds good. It sounds like kind of what we just read in verse five, 
they have a form of godliness. They, it looks good, mm-hmm. but over time, once you start getting off a little, little, as you keep going forward, that starts to spread wider and wider. Right. So that's how that's how subtle and how dangerous deception really is. Because it may sound good, it may sound yeah. Christian, it may sound Bible, but you stick with it. You we're supposed to judge the fruit. You're supposed to see how it goes. And the more and more that you go forward, you start to see it get off. That's where we start to recognize, Kate, this is off because it doesn't right. line up with scripture. And you know, again, we mentioned, but I want to mention again because it's so important to know yeah. when you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of you. Mm-hmm. And another word for the Holy Spirit is, like we said, the spirit of truth. Yeah. So again, when you're judging some things by, is that really the word of God or is that maybe a twisted form of the word? The spirit of truth will show that to you. You mm-hmm. know, you start to feel, you know, that feeling inside like something is not right. We sometimes say it to our kids like it's like a scratchy feeling inside. Yeah. Right? The Holy Spirit will show you. If someone presents something and says this is God, but it's not love, yeah. that's not God. Right. If someone presents something and says this is God, but it promotes disunity yeah, and division, that that's is not, not from the Lord. It is not God. Right? Right. Um, so those are just, again, yeah, a couple absolutely. of ways that, that you can stay on that's truth. Good. Right. That's really good. Now, can I get to my verse? Yeah, dude, sorry. Yeah, I, that was... I'm basically here with this excitement for this one verse. You've, you've got to hear this. It's, it's just incredible. And I've been going over and over this verse in my heart. It's been rattling through me during this season. It's um, verse 14. So again, we're in 2 Timothy chapter 3. We read, read 13, and that was bad news, right? It's bad Evil news. men, deceiving. They're going to flourish. Right? Yep. Verse 14 says, yet you. So he's talking to us. What are we supposed to do during this time? Yet you must continue to advance in strength with the truth wrapped around your heart. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. What are we supposed to do during this time? We continue to advance in strength. We're not on the defense, right? We're on the offense. We advance in strength. How do we do that? With the truth wrapped around our heart, being assured by God that he's the one who has truly taught you all these things. I love that verse. I do too. I believe that's what your desire is. I mean, you're watching church right now. Then I believe that's your desire as well, to wrap God's truth around your heart. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's what we are even as a church, like Impact Life Church as well. Mm -hmm. We're here to remain faithful to the things that we've been taught. Like what we are standing on, what we're believing of God and who God is. I mean, of course, we have our own relationship with the Lord, but I'm thankful that we there's previous generations that have gone before us and have taught us some powerful truths from the Word of God, you know, such as faith, such as the Holy Spirit, such as, you know, the healing power of God, such as the blessings of God, such as peace, hope, like it's it's all encompassed. God took care, good care of us. Mm-hmm. And so what we're doing is we're holding fast to all those truths that we've been taught yeah. and we're going to continue to push those truths forward. That's what we're here for. We're here to bring that, the truth, the reality of that yeah. into the next generation. Really? That's what we're here for. So it's really, it's not a time to be complacent. No, it is right? not. Because it no would compromise. be, honestly, it, it could be easy to just really throw up your hands oh, and say, absolutely. okay, Things are crazy out there. I'm just going to sit here and wait for Jesus to come back, right? Yeah. Sounds But it's it's not time for that because it says, this is a command for us, yet you must continue to advance advance. in strength. I love those words. And and you go, well, how do I do that? Well, you do it with God's truth wrapped around your heart, right? It's not a time just to sit back and coast. It's a time to press in. It's a time to press. Right? Exactly. I love that. And you want to read verse 16, and you have that in your notes as well, like... It says every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you 
by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the paths of godliness. That's what truth will do for you. That's what it will do. And the further and further we go, again, and for us to be safe, you can't just, oh, I hope everything's going to pan out. It's it's not about just hoping something works, you know, works out okay. This is intentional living. You and I are pressing into the Word of God. Because listen, ultimately, Jesus is coming back, and we're going to be ready for Him. We're going to be pressing in like we've never pressed in before. Because listen, your family needs you strong. Absolutely. Your family needs that truth that you're wrapping around their heart to not only be a rock, but also to be, you know, to help guide where yep. people are weak. And this is where we stand, even as a church. This is what we do. We're going to continue to preach and teach the Word of God, the reality of the gospel. Yep. This is who we are. And you know, if, if any of you out there are listening who have children, especially young children, yep. I just encourage you, even if it seems like they're, you know, picking their nose while you're teaching them the word. Like, I just encourage you, teach them the truth because if you don't, the world is going to tell them that something else is truth, right? And you want to plant God's word in their heart because as we've been talking about all these other weeks for revival of the Bible, the the word of God is seed, Mm -hmm. right? And that's what you want to be sowing into your children so that when they get older, they go, I know that truth. It's been planted in me. They can look to this verse and say, yeah, I know it's God who's the one who's been teaching me these things. That through, As I was going through my childhood, my parents taught me the truth. Because, man, those are going to be some powerful children growing up, hey? <laughs> Absolutely. They're the next generation that's going to be man. carrying this Walking truth forward. Walking with God like never yeah. before. That's who we are. So good. You know, I think we should give that just a practical example um, in this here too, mm-hmm. James. Maybe I'll, you, you go ahead. Sure. Yeah. And, and if you could just add into, there's a scripture that has been strong on our heart this past couple weeks. Because um, I believe it gives a really good example. Like we, we love to be practical, right? So we're talking about um, why we need truth. And I want to give you a really practical example from kind of what's going on in the world about what truth can do for you. And this is in Ephesians chapter 4. So turn there with me in verse 26 and 27. I'm looking at it from the New Amplified um, Translation. And it gives us um, some insight on how to be angry. And again, this is just an example of what what the truth says, right? And just how freeing it can be and how like we read a few moments ago, how it can bring us correction, mm-hmm. how it can bring us strength, how yep. it can give us direction, really. So I'm just going to read it. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 in the New Amplified Version. And it says, Be angry at sin, at immorality, at injustice, at ungodly behavior, and yet do not sin. Do not let your anger cause you shame or allow it to last until the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. Verse 27, and do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge, nurturing anger, harboring resentment, or cultivating bitterness. So the truth is, the truth shows us, hey, you're allowed to be angry, but there's there's a right way to be angry and a wrong way to be angry. I mean, I love this when it gives us examples, like you can be angry at injustice. Mm -hmm. And I encourage you, if you're a Christian, if you see injustice happening around you, you can address that. You can stand for what's right and good. You can stand for God's love towards people. It's okay to see something wrong that's going on in the world and say, that's not right. But on the other hand, there's a wrong way to get angry yeah, about bet. it too. You yep. can get all riled up and it says, you know, you can get angry and do this. You can hold a grudge. You can nurture anger towards mm-hmm. another person. You can harbor resentment towards someone. You can cultivate bitterness and all those things it says here, that's sin. It's wrong. Like if I'm, if I see injustice 
And I start judging that person and start getting angry. That person starts speaking bad about that person, start harboring anger towards them. I'm wrong. Not only that, it says that I'm giving the devil an opportunity. And that's exactly it. Other translations say like you give the devil a foothold. And by like you're basically opening up the door to the enemy in your heart. And I don't want that. No, for sure. Right? So I want to, again, I want to stick with the truth. I want to stick with the word. And so I read those verses. And, you know, to be honest, I've been corrected a little bit Hmm. recently. I've been corrected about um, getting distracted by what's going on out in the world versus, you know, staying my lane and knowing what I'm supposed to be doing, digging into the words, staying yep. close to the Lord, right? Yep. So I love that we can read verses like this and and let the truth speak to us, yep. right? Absolutely. Like, you know, verse 27, like you said too, too. But if you look at it, even in the actual Greek, it's the Apostle Paul is literally screaming this. Like if you look, look at it in the actual Greek, the words like... The English language can't capture the way that the Greek writing really is. And so when Paul is writing these words inspired by the Spirit of God, you could put a thousand exclamation points right after it. Give no place to the devil. We can't give him access because, again, what's he looking for? He needs access point into our lives. He needs access point Mm -hmm. into any kind of situation in order to get his hands in on it. And so for us as believers, just like what Jamie's saying, be angry. Yeah, man, get angry. It's fine. It's all right. God gets angry. Did you know that? But why God can do it so well is because he doesn't sin after it. Be angry and sin not. And you know what? It says what you're allowed to be angry at. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It it doesn't say be angry at your spouse. Right. right? Right. It says be angry at sin. That's sin. And gives you examples. Injustice and ungodly behavior. That's a righteous type of anger. You bet. But again, that righteous anger. I don't, sorry, I don't want to stay on anger, but there's a lot of anger going on. There is a lot of right anger. Now, right? There is a lot of anger. Um, don't let it lead you into sin because, no. man, I love that you said that. I wish you would just yell it instead of saying there's 10 exclamation marks. But No, a thousand exclamation marks. A thousand. Do you want to yell it right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't give the devil don't, an opportunity. Don't give him an opportunity because don't. if you give him an inch, he takes a foot. He is a jerk. There's, there's, there's no good in him at all. Yeah. There's nothing in him that's good. I mean, that's a whole nother message. That's a whole nother message. It's so true. Which we won't jump into, but it is, it is good for us to understand. And so what we wanted to do is just, just to take some time, just to chat with you a little bit. Um, and just to really come back and just share some of these things that have been really ringing in our ears, that the spirit of truth, the spirit of God lives on the inside of you. you. He's there. And not only that, it says that he will lead you and guide you into into all truth. truth. He will guide you into all truth. So I want to encourage you, don't let people guide you. Don't let media guide you. Don't let news reporters guide you. Let the Spirit of God guide you. And again, that is the result of you and I spending time in person, intimate time with the Lord. That's right. Like during this season is not a time where you can just, okay, I take my two minutes here and then I watch two hours of news later on. You got to flip that flow. You got to change that way around. You got to invest your time in this word because again, we've got to understand the times that we're living in. Like just to quickly, I guess, finish it off. Like Jamie read those verses in chapter three in second Timothy, like Paul's telling Timothy, know this, like mm-hmm. know it. Yeah. In these last days, it'll be perilous times or very difficult times. Yeah. It, so don't be surprised by that. So what do we do? We continue, like what Jamie said, press into everything that we've heard, everything we've been taught. So now it's a time for you and I to press like we've never pressed before. I just have um, something on my heart that I want to share to sum it up. Really, if you're you're a Christian in these days, 
what an opportunity we have, hey? <laughs> yeah, I'm that's so, the best way to look at it. Yeah, I'm so stirred up to preach Jesus like yeah. never before. And I mean, our 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 call, our what we what we do with our lives is we preach from a pulpit and mm-hmm. teach from a pulpit. But every single Christian out there, you've got a sphere of influence. Honestly, sometimes I think you have more of a sphere of influence than we do because you are you're working in an environment without with non-Christians in it, right? Right. So I want to encourage you in this time, can you imagine what would happen if Christians would, first of all, before we open our mouths about anything, before we go to social media and post anything, before we, you know, talk to our neighbors and spout our mouths off, before we do any of that, we spend intimate time with the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, Jen. We spend that time just, just in His presence, worshiping, um, bowing, our will, our knee to the Lord yep. and saying, spirit of truth, just come in, teach me, yep. guide me, lead me in this. Yep. We let the word speak to us. You bet. I mean, that's one thing I've been so thankful for. I feel like, you know, if you open the door to the spirit of truth and you open the door to the word and say, speak to me, it's alive. It's living and active. Yep. When you go to have your time in the word, it's going to speak to you. It's going to give an answer. So what would happen if Christians would, first of all, do that, right? Intimacy with the Holy Spirit, intimacy with the Word, and then out of that, we speak and we act and we respond. Can you imagine? We can literally change the world. (laughs) Yeah, literally. You bet, because it flows from the inside out. Yeah. That's exactly it. And you know, I man, the more that you talk, we just we can just keep preaching, but we we gotta close this, I know. But you know, one last verse that you know we were actually just talking to our kids about this week. Um, in Proverbs 15, 1, it says, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. And I think this is a proper response for us as believers in this time, is not to, like what we said, get riled up. Speaking from anger right. is not okay. No. Speaking from, you know, just what's going on, this, this, this. And you're actually speaking from that place where you got bitterness or anger even in your heart to speak out. We're wrong. We are are wrong. We are in the wrong. Our response, there is a proper response to everything that's going on. And what we can see right here, Proverbs 15, verse Mm 1, a gentle answer deflects anger. And the only way that I know for myself personally to get a gentle answer is not from looking at social media. The more you look at it, the more angry and frustrated you get. So what do you got to do? Like you said, I'm going to start, I'm going to spend the majority of my time in the presence of my Jesus. And when I'm with him, the gentle answers come because yeah. I'm not moved. He's the one that yeah. tells me. And right? he leads you in, he leads in, in if he wants you to act. Exactly. Right? Yep. If he wants you to address something. Yep. And that verse you just read in Proverbs, that lines up with Ephesians when it says, we speak the truth in, in love. love. And truth you know, everything we've said today about God's word being truth, if you were ever to take something from the word of God and speak it to someone and it's not done in love. Yep. That's not God. And it's not her. That's not it. And it's not her. People can't receive it. No, you're a right? clanging symbol. This, yeah. this word is to be delivered in love, yeah. right? And there's yeah. ways to do that. And the spirit of truth will show you that for Absolutely. your own life. Yeah, we believe that. Can we, let's just pray for a moment and before yeah. we end this. Father, we thank you so much for every individual, every family that's watching right now this morning. And Lord, first of all, we say thank you for the families. We thank you for them. Thank you for the call that you have on their lives. 
And Father, right now in Jesus' name, we just speak over every home. We thank you, Lord. Yeah, we pray those God. Ephesians prayers that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. Father, we ask that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the deep and intimate knowledge of you. Holy Spirit, we just repent right now for being angry and then acting out in that anger. Father, we just saw from your word that it's okay to get angry, but we will not respond or react because of it, but instead we'll allow that just to fuel us to go depress in deeper into you. Mm -hmm. So Jesus, we thank you that Holy Spirit, we lead, we completely trust in you, we completely mm -hmm. look to you for guidance, yes, we look to you, you for direction, and we just lean on you right now. Mm -hmm. We thank you so much that your word is working in us. We thank you so much, Spirit of Truth, that you came to reveal all truth to us, and yes. you would show us things to come. So we receive that. We speak blessing over every home. Yes. We speak blessing over every child, every youth, every adult, every senior citizen. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for it. And we declare victory. We speak your word because in the, all this is done. Jesus, we will continue to stand because your word is true and your thank word you, is Lord. life to us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us. Mm -hmm. And we'll see you soon.